You know our slogan around here is better practice, better life. But we're taking this belief to the next level. And we've recently announced the creation of a new association. It's called the Best Practices Association. Our association celebrates the mindset that is better practice, better life. This mindset celebrates time, healthy living, personal growth, clinical excellence, and impacting the lives of your patients and your team through intentional leadership. In fact, we are the work-life balance experts in dentistry. The BPA will coach independent dental practices like yours to thrive by sharing best practices and operational habits, behaviors, systems, tools, and insight that lead to profitability and sustained growth, and you can still have a life. So if you're a dentist that wants to surround yourself with great thinkers, let us help you create your own version of Better Practice, Better Life. Go to actdental.com forward slash BPA or hit the link in the show notes. Yo, yo, yo. Hey guys, welcome back to another awesome edition of the Best Practices Show podcast. You ever thought to yourself, man, I wonder if I have a productive and profitable dental admin team? Well, in all fairness, Dental admin teams haven't been really well trained about how to do what they do. And so if you're an admin team member, we're here to help. And if you're a dentist wondering if you have the right systems up front, we're here to help also. So today is a great podcast. Five signs you have a productive and profitable dental admin team. This is a wonderful podcast led by one of our lead practice coaches, Ariel Jude, who's brilliant, that you can listen to as a dentist and you can have your admin team listen to and you can come together in a great training opportunity to improve everybody, everybody's role here and create a better practice and better life. So please listen to this podcast. I know you guys will enjoy it and we'll see you soon. Hey guys, welcome back to the Best Practices Show podcast. You ever thought to yourself, do I have a profitable and productive dental admin team? Maybe I do. I think I do. There's a good possibility. Well, today we're going to make sure with an amazing coach of ours, Ariel Jude, and we're going to walk you through the five signs you have a productive and profitable dental admin team. So Ariel, thanks for coming back. I always appreciate you. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited about this one. Yeah. And for those of you who don't know, Ariel has been on the podcast many times before and she's wicked smart. So um, she's one of our amazing practice, lead practice coaches here. And that's what we do is we take great practices that want to be better. And sometimes they can't figure out how to be better. And we are geeks about this stuff. So uh, let's let's open this up and let's go right there, Ariel. Why is this such an important topic about making uh, your admin team productive and profitable? I mean, as we talked before, the admin team is the ones that don't always necessarily have the most training. They don't always have the most support, but really... They are the glue that holds the team together. And if you can have a profitable and a productive admin team, things will just go so much smoother. And 
the doctors and dentists, they need to know and understand how can they support their admin team right? As, and go off of more of the facts and not just the feelings. Yeah, totally. We've talked about this before, but the admin team members, if you're an admin team listening, our heart goes out to you. Because there's not a lot of amazing training out there. And most admin team members are waterboarded. They're not onboarded. And they just get thrown into the mix and they have to figure things out. And by they use a lot of great effort and they try to do the best they can. Um, and the, most of them are just figuring it out. And so today we want to help with some, you know, some good tips and guidelines for that. The other part of it, too, is if you're a dentist, this is the part... It's just the natural part of a business. You're back there working with patients. You honestly don't know what's going on up there most of the time. So when you listen to this framework, it's a good piece to put expectations together front and back. And then I'll I'll throw in a third complexity. There's always this natural stress that happens between the front and the back. The front doesn't think the back appreciates them and the back doesn't appreciate the front and they don't know what each other is doing. And I think as a, you know, as a great dental practice or as a leader, you have to bring them both together with great systems. So we're all on the same page. Don't you think, Ariel? Absolutely. You said it. There's always a disconnect. And while we want each department doing their daily tasks and not necessarily having to know what's going on right in the aspect of micromanaging and seeing every individual task but you want to know in the back of your mind okay this things are getting done Um, because i think it leads to the question of well am i overstaffed or are they underperforming right and this is you can it's easy to tell if you need another assistant it's easy to tell if you need another hygienist it's harder to tell, do you need another admin team member? Um, And so I think as a dentist, if you can clearly understand the basics of, okay, this is how I know that they're actually being understaffed, or maybe we just need to tweak it and so that they're start being able to perform up to their levels. And I will say, if we do go through this and you find out they're underperforming, let's look at our processes and our systems first before you go blame the team member. Absolutely. Absolutely. So where do we start? What's what's sign number one? Well, I think we've hinted at it is you need clear systems and processes and you need to be able to see these. You don't need as a dentist, you don't need to be able to understand them. You don't need to be able to do every step, but you need to be able to ask them, what is the system? Um, and I would say the couple of the main important ones is a streamlined patient intake process. How are your, how is your admin team member getting patients, their information on the phone? How are they getting them through the door? Um, And then taking it one step above is not only are we getting their new patient forms, because yes, everyone needs that. But once they get to that really productive level, are your admin team members, are they tracking how long patients are waiting? Are they keeping an eye on those patients if they are waiting? You know, are they offering refreshments? Do they stand and greet them by name? So not only are they just getting them in and getting their paperwork, but how are they making them feel? And is that intake process, does everyone know the expectations? Yeah, absolutely. And you, you said it correctly. Like when you create systems, number one, you've got to be able to see them. If they're not written down, they don't exist. A lot of times they're in our head. And so it makes it more complex for team members to follow it because they have heard you say it before, but, 
or they're thinking they know it. And so you've got to have all of these written down or they don't exist. Um, you mentioned um, when patients arrive. I mean, that's a simple one. It's amazing how underutilized that is. You know, and, and so most dentists think, oh, I'm on time, but they don't understand exactly when the patient arrived, when the patient was seated, and when the patient left. And it would actually be frightening if most dentists looked at that information, don't you think? Oh, 100%. Because you're right. They're like, oh, I'm on time. Great. Are you really? And then even though, let's say it's three minutes. Let's say you're behind on three minutes. In the grand scheme, three minutes doesn't isn't a real long time. But could you imagine if you and I just stared at each other for three minutes, didn't tell anyone, right? They're gonna be like, "What? What's going on?" Right. And it would feel like an eternity. Yeah. Versus, we said, "Hey, we're gonna take a three minute moment of silence. Everyone knows they can look at their watch. They know." And this is the same with patients. If you're running five minutes behind, and we can tell them that when they walk in the door then they are more willing, right? And it doesn't feel like if they're just waiting, they're seeing other patients be taken back and other patients are leaving and now they're looking at their watch. It feels much longer when you don't know how long you're supposed to be waiting. Yeah, absolutely. You could probably build a practice. Pete Dawson used to say this. You could build a practice just by being on time. Now, when asked, every team member will probably tell you, yeah, we see it in amount of time, but data doesn't lie. So what data allows us to be able to do is figure out when. And so these are just some good examples of let's use some data. It's uh, it's There's no emotion attached to them. And it can start to tell you whether or not we're doing a, a good job on the intake. And it's more than just the actual steps or the data. You're exactly right. They got to feel connected, patients do, to your team. Um, and then insurance verification. Can you talk about that one? That's actually a very big deal. That is not easy. And it's a game that's getting more difficult. So we have to have a system for that. A hundred percent have to have a clear system and expectations of who does what, when, because you'll see that the insurance verification is one thing that really will sneak up on team members and it can really hinder or it can really enhance a patient's visit. Not because we tell the patients, but it's how prepared we can be by letting them know, okay, we were able to verify your dental insurance is active. These are your coverage, right? When you're going over their treatment estimates, you're able to bring in their personalized benefits. And so we have to have that verified before the patients arrive when possible. I know not every patient will give you the information. They don't even know always who they have, and that's okay. But when possible, have it before they arrive. And you want to know what is the system, what information needs to be verified. Some practices will do a very detailed breakdown. Others will do a simplified version. And it really just depends on their practice and what the expectations are. And then even take it one step further is where do I put that information? Right. Having it verified is one thing, but who needs to be able to have access to it? And I would say this is an area of opportunity for most practices. Yeah. And then how many practices? have to have a good system. Yeah. And just on the insurance verification, how many of them still do it by phone? Because you get you get a chance. I mean, quite a few, I would imagine. Right. Yes. 
Um, I would say, and that's where, as you mentioned, it's getting harder and harder. A lot of the companies now will tell you they're not even going to give them over the phone. Right. So a lot of it is facts back, and I know you don't get a ton of information. Um, so do the facts backs. Um, honestly, if you're going to make one investment for your your admin team members, online insurance verification is very helpful. Um, I know it's definitely an investment, and you know, but it saves the team members so much time. Because doctors, if you've never had to call an insurance company, um, be prepared to wait a minimum of 30 to 45 minutes before you get in contact with someone. And that's just hoping that that person will be able to answer your questions. Yeah. So the, you know, the average insurance verification call is very long, depending on who you listen to. Uh, it's amazing the number of them that get dropped. And another tip is that if you're going to do it the old school way of making a phone call, use a cell phone. Don't use one of the office lines to call because, you know, you're you're clogging up. So we don't need to go down that rabbit hole. But like one of the things to think about, and this is all we do, we think about intelligent system design all the time to streamline things and make it easier for your team. So another piece of it is the billing process. So let's talk about that piece. Well, once you have a good insurance verification process, now you can have a better billing process. Um, and one thing I would say and ask your team members is when are claims being sent? Right? Because I, there's no reason. And if you're an admin team member listening to me, I will tell you this. There's no reason that claims should not be sent on a daily basis. They are electronic. It's a push of a button. Yes, you have to review. Yes, you. there are things. Yes, you have to do attachments. And there's no reason that they should not be sent on a daily basis. Sure, maybe you miss one day here because who knows what happened. Um, but I would say claims should be sent same day, next day. Um, so that way, and that's including with attachments, that's including on following up on denied claims. But you have to have a clear billing process on who sends the claims. Who creates the attachments? Where are the narratives coming from? Do we have the appropriate x-rays? Do we have the appropriate photos? Right? Where is all that? So when I say, yes, send your claims, yes, that's the easy part. It's the whole process and the system leading up to how do claims get sent. Yeah, absolutely. As you can see, again, you just have to have a really clear system because this could get messy, especially if you lose a great team member at the front who does this all the time. So Having that document is really important. And then let's talk about collections too. You have to have a clear streamlined collections process. You, yes, absolutely. If you don't know, you can't just say we collect at time of service. Great, I hope you do. And if you are, right, we can talk about, you know, some of the over-the-counter collections and that KPI to track. Um, but what happens when a claim is paid and insurance didn't pay what we were expecting. What is your collections <laughs> process you know, for a patient that comes in and someone on their account has a balance? You have to have a clear collections process. So as soon as those claims are being paid and balances are being created, who makes a phone call? Who sends a statement? When do they make that phone call? When do they send the statement? And if you're only, you have your billing person or your collections person, and they say, oh, I send statements once a month, it's not enough. Right. 
Yeah. You have to be doing it more. Um, and then just a side note, I highly recommend your billings and your collections person be separate. Um, I just, checks and balances, I just don't ever like the same person following up on insurance claims and following up on patient balances. They go hand in hand, yes, um, but I think that's where you need two individuals as a team. Um, it just really helps with the checks and balances. Yeah, it's a, it's a healthier process all the way around. In any business, they would tell you, not just a dental practice, that two different hands should be doing that and knowing your over-the-counter collections. And again, go back to the system. I'll just say system a million times. But Ariel, one of the things that you do, and you teach a lot of our team members, is that over-the-counter collections, even past due balances, when you're dealing with patients, those have to be noted in morning huddles. And I love how you said, no, they come to see me first. You know, they're marked in red. And then you coach everybody in the office before they go back in the operatory. Because you want to you want to change the behavior while they're there more than anything. Wouldn't you agree? A hundred percent. I want to know that my patient is going to take care of that balance before going back, getting more treatment done because they don't want to talk money, right? Patients don't want to. They know that's okay. However, it's a better dental appointment if they can get the collections out of the way and then focus on their dental care, right? We've always said, try to separate the appointment and the finances. Same thing with collections. No one likes to owe people money. So if I can get it done and get it taken care of, they're not dreading that dental appointment, right? They're not dreading the end of it when they have to come and talk to me. I can just get it taken care of ahead of time. I know that they're going to pay because they're not increasing. And yes, every now and then you have the patient that says, oh, I didn't know, or I couldn't afford this, or I can't. Now you can make the call of, okay, should we reschedule this patient? Because you don't want to be create, doing dentistry for free without knowing it. And that's what happens to teams that they let the patient go back, they get the treatment done, and then they come up. And what do you do? You're kind of handcuffed when the patient says, well, I can't afford that. Right. Right. Yeah. So again, and one more thing I'll just add on top of what Ariel said, there's no link between the payment and appointment. Those are two separate responsibilities. So when we're discussing payment and appointment, I highly encourage people don't link the two. Now I get it. There are times they are linked and you have to discuss them. But if I run out of money as a patient, the first thing I'm going to do is cancel the appointment. And so a lot of times people unnecessarily link the two. So just be cognizant of that. Now, you also said a magic word, over-the-counter collections. Everybody, like I before we hit the go button, I told you, everybody gets over-the-counter collections. Is that when you actually receive money over-the-counter? Or what happens if I get a check in the mail a day later or two later? I get this question all the time. So I thought I'd just pass it along to you. What are your, what's your definition about OTC, over-the-counter collections? Over-the-counter collections, yes, literally over-the-counter. Let's not do anything under-the-counter. But over-the-counter on the same day as treatment. Right. So I, yes, they can come back two days later. However, that doesn't, in my mind, that's us just being thankful that the patient was a good patient and a good person coming back to pay their bill. There's no difference between me sending them a statement or giving them a phone call and taking that over the phone. And so it's on the day, right, of what I should be collecting. So it's 
okay, this is insurance. I know that this, or I'm estimating this is what insurance is going to cover. What is my patient investment? That's what I should be collecting on the day of service. Or, you know, if you're really good at the time of scheduling, but we'll just stick with at the day of their appointment. Yeah. And that numbers, that percentage is actually really important. Some of you might think, well, I get it, but why is that percentage so important? So if my OTC is growing or not growing, what does that tell me about the strength of the financial communication in any dental office? That means your team is doing a lot of work on the back end. Mm -hmm. um, and they're the strength of the, having the comfortable conversations of collections is not there. Yeah. They're, your team, they're focused more on sending those texts to pay, focus more on sending those statements. So just because your overall collections may be good, that means you actually have a good ba patient base that are loyal and they pay their bills. If you have a good over-the-counter, that means you have a good system and process in place and that your admin team are really taking care of business. Yeah, I totally agree. I kind of led you with that question because I, I knew what you were going to say. But a good challenge that I'll present to anybody listening is if your over-the-counter collections are pretty low, let's say they're 10%, get them to 20%, then get them to 30%. Then get them to 40%. And what you're going to find is it's not about the money. Your, your overall production and collections probably will go up because that tells me the strength and confidence of your team. They're really good at connecting with patients about the why. The other thing you're going to find is that anecdotally or directly, the more you do up front, the less you do later. So at the time of discussing the treatment, when you're collecting the fee, you're going to see you're going to have less cancellations. You're going to have less of a log jam at the front. There's just less activity that has to happen. And on the back end, if your collections over the counter are dropping, it's exactly what Ariel said. You're adding more statements. You're adding more work after the patient has left. It's just harder on your team. My guess is you're probably going to need another person up front just to manage the amount of activity. So we just see it. So many teams do so much unnecessary work. We see it all the time. Patient just walked out. They didn't pay? Yeah, we didn't pay. We didn't ask him for payment. I see dental offices all the time. The person at the front never asked for a payment. I'm like, what is going on here? So our goal with this podcast is just to give you some direction, you know, some healthy practices. And then also, I want you to talk about the ordering system. What should I know about an ordering system and a budget? I would say if a, if a dental admin team is highly productive, and profitable, they understand the budget of when can I order specific supplies? When are the specific supplies that I need coming up on sale, looking for deals? And they're not just ordering a ream of paper here, a pack of highlighters, a pen, right? They have a process in place because I see this a lot with teams is the supply budget is that's one of the ones that is the easiest to get out of hand but it's also one of the easiest to control. And not that you have to, you know, pinch pennies all the time, but if your admin team knows, oh, okay, every August, right, is back to, or September, you know, back to school, they can get some of those deals and they're looking out for your overhead, then it's gonna return to them in the long run. And I would say that just takes your admin team to a whole nother level is when they're looking 
at what goes above and beyond their necessarily, you know, their job description or their day to day. Yeah. Love it. What's sign number two that you have a productive and profitable dental admin team? Well, we kind of mentioned it is you act, you have designated billers for both insurance and patient billing, not only for checks and balances, but because one person really, that would be a lot of time. And if you want your patient billing and your insurance billing to be followed up on a regular basis, you need multiple people doing that. Um, as we talked about, talk about the length of getting an insurance verification, following up on unpaid claims, that's a lengthy process. Yeah. Um, yes, you can see the status online, um, but most of the time that does have to be done by phone call to, in order to see, okay, what documents did you not receive? What do you need to do? Who can I send this to? Right. Sometimes you can get direct contact information and say, okay, if I fax it to this number, can it get processed today? Um, and the same thing with patient billing is you want one person working on it on a consistent basis. Um, I would say, you know, at least have blocked out time weekly, but really good productive teams have a process that it's part of their daily process. Yeah. So go back to that. They have to have team time blocked out. It's important to have admin time for people at the front. They just can't go to the, go to work and, you know, work in the jungle and just try to keep up. They have to have time to, to get caught up regularly too. Correct. Correct. We talk about block scheduling for the clinical side. Same thing with the admin team members is they need to have some kind of designated block scheduling. Um, Because if you can imagine you're trying to create a good patient experience and you want to spend the time to talk to them about where their balance is coming from, but you have patients coming in, checking in, checking out, and you're doing other things on the back end, the patient knows that and they can feel that. Um, and so not necessarily that they will be able to step away, but maybe they know, hey, during the lunch hour while doctor and the clinical team's on lunch, this is my hour that I can spend on following up on patient collections. Um, insurance, right? If I'm following up on insurance claims, you need to know what time of day you can call. Because if you're trying to call in the afternoons or evening, you're not getting through. Right. So that's something that's like first thing in the morning, I know I need to call to get in the queue early. So they have to have that block time because if they're just going to work it in, we know, Kirk, I mean, if I say, hey, well, I'll get it done today, it's not a priority. And this is something that needs to be a priority just as much as taking care of the patients in the office. Yeah. And so there's unintended consequences too. There's a lot to this and you'll see in future podcasts, we're going to help you distill this, but that's why it's so important. You just can't think more and more and more and more patients. You know, some practices we see are just adding PPOs like crazy. Well, they don't understand the activity that happens at the front. So I'm thinking as an admin team member, I have to call and confirm patients. I got to find time to do all this. Then I got to deal with people coming in and out. Think about your team when you start to build your practice. A lot of practices we see now, good intended practices are writing off as much as 42%. So adding more PPO patients to your practice doesn't help the practice. It actually fries the people up front because it's too much to do for so little return. 
which again, that's a whole nother podcast, but let's go to sign number three, which is collections. You pointed to collections, but this is a big one. And we talk about it all the time, but what should my practice collections percentage be? At a minimum, uh, 98%. Okay. Um, if you're at the 98, 99, 100%, your team's doing what they're supposed to be doing. Um, because if anything lower, there's a breakdown in your systems. Your admin team, they're not as productive or they're not as profitable as they can be. Um, and like I said, when we started this, right, don't blame the team member. Let's look at the system and the process first. It also might be a team member's uncomfortable with talking about collections and collecting. Right. So we need to know that. Um, and then your AR, so your accounts receivable, over 90 should be 10% or less. And I will say my, our top performing teams that I see are 5% or less because they don't let the balances get that far. Right. That's where they have the process. Yeah, because would you agree with this? Anything beyond 90 days, you're just, it's a lose-lose. Number one, you're losing the value of that money day by day. Number two, if you're collecting money from me on a service, any service, I don't care if you clean my carpets or if you did a painting job at my house, if you're asking for money from me three months later, I can already tell you we're not in good relationship. You know, people that owe you money, they don't like you. You can argue all you want, but like the longer that goes out, the more difficult it is on the relationship. Um, and let's say a doctor's listening to this podcast and be like, no, I got it at 30%. I can already tell you, you're not going to collect probably half of that at over 90%. You're just going to, and again, you're going to put so much stress on your team up front to collect money you should have had three months ago, Right. Absolutely. It is so hard to collect, right? Because as you said, if it's taken, if you have a good process in place and you're calling them, you're sending their statements, their letters, they know about this balance. Oh, for sure. So it's very hard. Now, if you have a bad process in place and let's say it's 90 days and they're just now receiving a statement, that's also very hard to collect because now you have to explain to them well, why are you just now telling me about this? Right. Well, I planned for this months ago. Um, and sometimes, yes, insurance, I know it takes a long time and that's something that we can educate them on. But once you get a balance over 90 days, you're just gambling and you're just honestly crossing your fingers, hoping that it's going to be collected. Um, there's a good chance that it won't be. Right. Now, two more things. I don't mean to stress anybody out that's listening, but here's the, the truth of money that's owed that far out is, um, number one, you're, you're exactly right, Errol. If I have a past due balance, I see that phone call coming in from your dental office and decline, decline. Think about the labor aspect of that. Number two, you're a wuss if you're sending out statements for money 90 days out, which means if I'm paying bills, I know which bills I have to pay. You miss any payment from a major credit agency. They're calling you right away and they're stalking you, which means you're hypersensitive to that, which means you're paying them right away. And that's that's the old joke that the medical bills and the dental bills go to bottom. But I will tell you, medicine is getting way better now really fast. I miss one medical bill 
for any of my children, it's like, whoa, they're on me right away. I get them in my, my chart. Do you know what I mean? I get notifications in my, my chart. I'm like, I, it's only 10 days late, seriously. So the importance of being a dental office that's really good and disciplined with money up front is so important. It's way bigger than the money. And it's way important now with the stress levels. Now, I want to go back to one more thing that you mentioned. You said practice collections should be 98% or higher. Those are net collections percentages, right? That you're talking about, you know, practice collections should, we're talking about net collection dollars. They should always be at 98% or higher, correct? Yes. Net collections of your net production. Yeah. So you... Um, that's a whole nother story talking about if you're comparing your collections to your gross percentage. Um, but anything off of your net production, you should be 98% or higher on collecting that. Love it. Love it. Sign number four is you got to have a schedule that's full. Tell us about that. Yeah. I mean, right. Is one, not only are your admin team members getting people on the schedule, getting the confirmations done, But what you don't know, or maybe you do know, and we just don't always acknowledge it, is your admin team is working consistently on keeping that schedule full. So yes, it's very easy to start out the day or start out the week with, oh, we're at 100% capacity. What does that day look like throughout the day? Are your admin team members following up on unscheduled treatment? Are they looking for same day opportunities? Um, if someone does fall off the schedule for whatever reason, how are they getting that appointment block filled? So this is telling you, do they have good processes in place? Because if they just say, oh, we'll just fill it. But what's your system? What's your process? Um, And a lot of the time, and one of my fun parts as being an admin team member is they find a lot of the same day opportunities that the clinical team overlooks Um, When they're presenting treatment, right, they know, oh, okay, this person's running late. They know that this person, you know, actually they got done early. So they see it in a different way. And I always tell the admin team members, if you think we can do something today, go to the back, ask a clinical team member, hey, can we get this done? Especially nowadays with digital scanning, there's no reason we should ever treatment plan an occlusal guard and have them come back for that, right? We can say, hey, can you get this done today? Give us five minutes, we'll figure out, right? Because it's a scan, it's easy. And I say that's where the admin team members can help because they just know the schedule really like the back of their hand. Right, that's so important. I think the big lesson here is you gotta get everybody engaged in thinking because your team has to understand that a schedule that's not full, you know, empty chairs are not no profit. They're negative profit. You you don't have any money if your chairs are empty. And so you're stressed. And so I think we can all agree too, there's nothing harder in the world than an empty schedule. There's nothing worse than that. So, you know, when we're thinking about possibilities, you're right. The admin team members can look at the schedule and go, okay, the doctor's got an opening and I have a hygiene patient coming in here and her husband needs a few crowns done. Why don't you put him in the car and bring him with you? Do you know what I mean? Like, so all we got to do is start thinking about how we can connect the dots and keep the schedule full. The other thing that you want to think about is this isn't all the admin's fault. Like we, a lot of times we just throw the grenades at the front and say, keep the schedule full. 
Well, we got to keep the back engaged. And that's why we're big fans of a capacity tracker. So if you have a pro- any producer in your office should have a capacity tracker, which is how many hours do I have available and how many hours did I have full? And they have to be accountable for that. They can't just say, well, I just did my best. And yeah, I was at 70%, you know, capacity. No, if I'm a hygienist, I'm just going to go there. If I'm a hygienist and I work in your office, doctor, and you're listening to this, I'm going to hand you a sheet at the end of the month that said, no, I did my best. And my chairs were full 95% of the time. I tell my patients, you're going to be here. You know, so I think it's important that, We make some level of healthy accountability so that the admin team doesn't feel overwhelmed when all of those calls come in or the onus is always on them to make it full, don't you think? Oh, 100%. I always say the starting capacity, what the day starts at, that's 100% on how we did as an entire team, Right. right? The clinical team members, did they create value? Were we able to get these patients originally scheduled? Were we able to get their confirmations? And then are we able to keep it full? Then that one does fall a little bit more on the admin team members right during the day. Um, but initially that's starting capacity and some of my teams hate me for it. But I tell a hygienist, I tell an assistant, if you're not with a patient, you should be making phone calls. Right, right. They hate that. Nobody likes that. Hate it. But it's true. <laughs> And I and I would just say this um, because we're here to help. This is what this podcast is all about. We have an amazing group of lead practice coaches. Many of them are former hygienists, and they would be the first to tell you themselves. Like when I had an opening, I was like, "That's awesome! I can sharpen my instruments. I can get caught up. I can have a little lunch." And now a lot of them are like, "I'm frightened because I used to celebrate with an opening." And now I know that was terrible. So I think it's important just to have healthy dialogue and clear expectations about what it means to create a profitable, you know, productive and profitable practice. So again, this is all about education. You know, it starts with that. And I I think the schedule is a huge part of this. Now, there's a fifth sign, Ariel, that you have a productive and profitable dental admin team. What is it? your overall patient experience. So if you think about it, the patient starts with your admin team, whether that be on the phone or literally starting their appointment by walking in and how they were greeted and how they end their appointment. There's there's little that a clinical team can do to make the appointment so great and amazing and the admin team member can easily derail that appointment, right? So the patient retention, the good online reviews, are those coming because the patient had a good experience? And I hate to say it, but a lot of the reviews come because they had a poor experience with their admin team members. Yeah, because the clinical team was so nice. And then I went up to the front and Nancy, who's not nice, asked me for this money that I didn't know I owed And, you know, you can already finish those sentences. And so that's why it's so important to, and I'll add one more piece to this, again, to those that are listening, you have to train your team members. You know, one of the things that we do here is regular divisional events because team members don't have good training. So I know everybody's good hearted and good listening, you know, good, everyone's intentions are good, but training your team 
You have no idea the impact when a team member at the front is trained on how to talk money, how to greet a patient, even how to handle conflict when it happens up front. It can go a long way. Not only are you um, helping the team member, you're also creating great value for the patient experience through and through. And, and that's just one thing you can't skip over, like the patient retention and then the reviews. Can you just talk about the reviews? Like everybody wants great reviews, but asking for them isn't the only way you're going to get them. A hundred percent. You have to, one, you have to ask for them. Right. Right. But you have to, before you ask, right, you have to ensure that your patients are receiving an experience worth leaving a review. I know leaving reviews are not hard, and today we've made it super easy with QR codes and you know text, and it goes straight to. However, it still takes time from a patient's day, and they've already left their appointment. So they've left their appointment, they've left your office, maybe they're still in the parking lot. Are they still thinking about that visit though? Or have they moved on to the next? And a lot of us just, we're busy, right? Our appointment's over, we're moving on to the next. So the, for the patients to write the review means that something happened that they went above and beyond. Yeah. That they were still thinking about us, willing to take the extra 30 seconds, the extra, and sometimes, you know, if a patient doesn't know how to leave reviews, it takes them a little bit. So for them to do that, it's not just having a good experience. It's not, oh, we came in, I got my teeth cleaned, paid my bill, and I left. Yeah. We're never going to rate. I'll never, ever leave a review on a good experience. Ever. Ever, ever, ever. Even if people ask me for it, I won't do it. But there was a recent experience I had uh, in a great restaurant and the server said, are you guys having, he really did an amazing job. I was laughing. I thought he didn't. He goes, did you enjoy today? I go, yeah. He goes, could you do me a favor? I was like, yes. He said, would you mind leaving a review and put my name in it because I, you know, it's part of how I get compensated here, blah, 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 blah. I was so happy to do it because number one, he gave me the experience. Number two, he asked me a question. Number three, could you do me a favor? Of course, I'm going to do a favor to somebody I'm in relationship with. And now when I go back to the restaurant, I'm thinking, I got to find that kid. Like he was so good. And I was so, I actually did it while I was signing out the check. And I never do that, but it was an amazing experience. He was super engaging. He asked me a couple of questions. So something to think about in your business is how do we create that type of an experience that's above and beyond the good experience? It's excellent. It's excellent. In a world of everybody being the same, we're in a sea of sameness. So all of these things stick out when you can train your team, put good systems in place and give them guidelines to succeed. So Ariel, this has been awesome. What are your final takeaways? Any any last thoughts you have on how to create a productive and profitable dental admin team? Ultimately, as a dentist, is just take time to learn what your administrative team's daily focus items are so that one, you can trust that they're doing what needs to be done. And with trust, right, that's where the KPIs come in place. But then how do you support your administrative team? Um, and I can tell you, it's not by helping them rearrange the schedule. It's by understanding and knowing their systems and how you as a clinical team member have an impact on their day. Um, and I, I just think that helps close the gap between our admin and our clinical team members is when we all know what each other does and how we can support each other. Amen. 
so well said. And so we have a couple resources, uh, actually one specifically, we've got a downloadable resource. It's called uh, Managing Your AR and Collections. Can you just talk about it real quickly, Ariel? What What is it? It is a very, this is actually a really comprehensive download that will go through how to follow up on your patient billing and your insurance claims. It will help give you a timeline. Um, We even added in some examples of communication patient letters. Um, It's very comprehensive. It tells you, it reminds you of what those KPIs that you should be tracking, what are some benchmarks. Um, I want to say it's like 10 plus pages. So it's it's very helpful um, if you need help with that collection system. Yeah, you know, it's so cool. We love this stuff so much. You can have it for free. So we, we're going to put a link in the show notes. So if you're not taking notes, don't worry. That's what we do. We take notes for you. So if you're driving, don't worry about this. Just when you pull over and you get back home or whatever, go down to the show notes, wherever you consume this podcast, and you're going to see a link to everything that Ariel mentioned during this podcast. You're also going to see a link to that download. You can have it for free. Download it. It gives you some great guidelines, some great tips on how to build and manage a great AR collection system. So uh, keep keep showing up for our podcast. Our goal with this is one goal. Our job is to give you some great thinking from some great teachers, great coaches, so you guys create a better practice and a better life. Uh, Ariel, thanks for being on today. I always appreciate you. Have, I can't even talk today. It's been one of those days. This, this is like the end of the day. And I'm like, oh, la, la. So thank you for being on. I appreciate it. Yes. Thank you, Kirk. Awesome. Well, stick around while we say goodbye to everybody else. But thank you guys for listening to the Best Practices Show. I am hoping I can talk here. So if you guys enjoyed today, just do us a favor, hit the share button, share this with your friends. We always love getting your suggestions. We're going to keep bringing it for you guys. Um, and show up for our, you know, if you want to check out our workshops for your team, if you have a great admin team, you can check it out. We have chairside assisting courses. We have hygiene courses. We have admin courses. You can send your team members to our courses so they can learn how to better support the practice and grow themselves in these courses. Uh, and you can check them out at actdental.com. You can also download that uh, free resource. And until we see you guys next time or you hear from us next time, keep watching, keep listening to the best practices show. You guys enjoy your day. So there you have it. Another great episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Hey, and thank you for showing up. I just want to thank you for being here and sharing the good word with your friends. And if you're really enjoying the podcast, could you do me a favor? Could you go to wherever you consume the podcast and just give us a four or five star review? Here's what that does. It allows us to find other great people like you. I love this profession so much. I'm going to spend the rest of my professional life finding great information so that you can consume it and your friends can consume it so that you can create a better practice and a better life. So keep spreading the word and we will see you guys soon. Have a great day, everybody.